My... what? <laughs> I was gonna do your thing. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. My name is Ross Frustick. Welcome to the Resties, a video game podcast about the best of the rest, and sometimes games on the nes and this week also on the snes It's good, right? We're getting there. We're, it doesn't feel like we're at... doesn't feel like we're there yet. No, we're definitely not there yet. We're definitely not there yet. You don't feel I, like if anything, like... I would say we're maybe moving in the wrong direction on the on the oh. catchphrase thing. I know we're tr- we're trying to grow into it, but things are not uh-huh. great, and uh, that's fine. This is we're doing a constructive criticism situation. Terrible, terrible taglines. Is that constructive? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it it is destructive in that I, I know I, I need to tear it all down. Can I suggest up. a tagline, mm-hmm. or should we save it? I no, please, please. I would, I would love to hear your tagline. Okay, my suggestion for the tagline is: "Welcome to the Resties, where the goods are odd." What? Welcome to the Resties, where the goods are odd. Are odd. Or I could lengthen that by saying, "Where the odds are good, that the goods are odd." What? I don't under. What? You know how people say the odds are good. I mean, I kinda, yeah. Hey, oh, the odds are good that oh, it's gonna rain one are, day. I get it. Like the odds are good, and this is like we we talk about odd games that are also good. That are also good, but we talk about like a lot of the games we talk about aren't that odd. I mean, today we're talking about some odd stuff. Today we're talking about like the most popular games ever released. Which, hey, let's get into that. Uh, here's what we're talking about today, everybody. We're talking about Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack. And we're not going to linger too long on the technical side of that, but we are going to share each of our top 10 favorite games. These are favorites. These aren't the best. These are the ones we care most about mm-hmm. uh, that are available on, ten- on Nintendo Switch Online. I want to be very clear about that. I, I don't want to get any any uh, angry tweets that are like, hey, uh, blank, I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's a good list. But blank is not a top 10 game of all time or like blank is, you know, in no way better than uh, Link's Awakening. Don't worry. I know this is just it's our faves and we think that you're going to love them, too. Yes. After that, we're going to talk about and it's been a long time coming Outer Wilds and its DLC Echoes of the Eye. Wait, wait. Uh, And it's DLC. I thought we were just talking about the DLC. Well, I mean, you kind of have to talk. You didn't really give Outer Wilds much of a chance, so I, I, I just yeah, we'll talk about. It. I don't want to talk about the main game as much. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the whole story, and uh, we'll try to keep that as spoiler free as possible. I'd say the the big spoilers that we will talk about will be stuff that you see. What do you think? Like within the first hour or so, first, probably two or three hours. It depends how smart you are. Yeah, and the game is quite a bit longer than that. Um, uh, but again, that's in the back half of the show. You don't need to worry about spoilers uh, just yet. And then, as always, we will talk about what else we've been playing at the end of the show, along with our weekly recommendation. Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion plaque. <laughs> expansion plaque? I'm Yeah, the, the dentist version. Oh, boy. It's been a long week. I've been traveling a lot. Anyway, I've been playing Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack while traveling. And here's what it is. It is Nintendo Switch's online service, which that's the boring part. The exciting part is you get kind of a Game Pass Netflix-style 
access to a bunch of classic NES, SNES, uh, Nintendo 64 now, and Sega Genesis. The latter two are part of this expansion pack. Uh, is it every game on any of those consoles? No. This is not your uh, emulation, you know, somebody's micro SD card full of everything ever. Uh, but the great thing about it is it just works on a Switch. Kind of. We'll sort talk of. about that. <laughs> yeah. So that is this week's episode. We can't wait to get into it in just a moment. Okay. So we should... Do we want to, like, discuss, like, what Very people quickly. have to pay to get access to this stuff? I mean... <sighs> Do you want to do you want to catch people up on on the basics? Why? Because you don't remember offhand. Definitely not. <laughs> um, here's here's the deal. I think everyone was pretty excited about Nintendo Switch Online when it was first announced because it added two huge things that people really wanted. Thing A was cloud saving. When it was first revealed, it was like, okay, you get cloud saving. So if your Switch goes in the toilet, most of your saves uh, are not lost forever. Um, doesn't include certain games like Animal Crossing, but regardless. What also came in the pack, in addition to the cloud saving, was NES games, SNES games, and was that it? I think those two. They were like they were like bonuses, like, oh, you get this many like free in-game currency and Right, or or you would get access to like Tetris 99 or Pac-Man 99, like there were a few exclusive games for it. So that was pretty good. And from a like actual cost standpoint, it was not bad at all for an individual account. Uh, for 12 months of access, you got it was just $20, which is really not bad. So that happened, and now this week launched the expansion pack to that. So you get everything that was included in that before, in addition to, as Plant mentioned earlier in the show, N64 games, a certain selection, and Genesis games, a certain selection. And so that increases the monthly price so now it's for 12 months it's 50 dollars which is a pretty significant jump 30 dollars uh for the year um for getting those those games and i guess you're gonna have to sort of ask yourself how much do you love the genesis and uh, n64 games that are included and whether it's worth making that investment and i think part of what we're about to do is sort of talk through some of our favorites and i'll speak for myself a lot of my favorites are not in that Genesis and N64 collection. Take that for what you will. There are a couple, but predominantly, uh, I don't know. I don't know that this is for everyone. Yeah, well, the other last thing uh, that you get in that is you get the new big Animal Crossing expansion. Oh, that's true. And But you don't get to keep the, the full expansion if you stop using the service. I think you can keep some items that you unlocked. Um, but again, the fact that this is all as confusing as it is, is, is kind of part of the issue. Um, will there be more games that they unlock in these services? Will there be more free big expansions? I, I don't think anybody knows right now. Well, I, I would that... say definitely games. They've already said that there will be more N64 games coming. Uh, they revealed a few of them, Majora's Mask being one of them. So definitely more games. I would not necessarily expect a ton of like huge exclusives like the Animal Crossing DLC also coming to the expansion pack, but who knows? Maybe they really want to amp it up. They need to make the argument that this is comparable to like Game Pass. They really need to add a lot of value to it. Yeah, I think that is definitely the case. Okay, so for this this bit, we might have different approaches to this. To is it problem. a bit? 
Well, it's a, it's a segment. Oh, a right? segment. Okay, I thought and you were going to do a bit. I, 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 so I give a prompt to Freshnik, which was pick the, the top 10 games that are, or not top 10, the, his, his favorite 10 games that are available on Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack. Now, is that yeah. what you did? Or did you just more, pick 10 games? No, no, no. Yeah, it's more or less my favorites. Okay, okay, okay. I, I would okay. say it's pretty close. Yeah, it's definitely not. I mean, there are some like well-known picks in here, but it's definitely not just that. There are some. Okay. Yeah. So do you do you want to kick things off then with your number ten? I didn't order them, but sure. Oh, I, maybe I should have ordered. You gotta them. order them. Okay. Well, I'll I'll let you know my number ten. Okay, I'll order them while you do that. Okay. My number ten is a game that people don't want us talking about anymore. It's called The Legend of Zelda. A link to the past. And this is why I gave you a warning up top, dear listener. I can feel some of you rushing to to the twitter.com to let me know. Uh Zelda, number 10, what else is ahead of it? How how is this possible? You know, you can't have, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Metroid just like back and forth over and over again until number 10. I hear you. As you will know if you've been listening closely to the show. I came to Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past very late in yeah. life. As in like, like six months ago. Exactly. So while I love this game, uh, if I'm talking about my favorites, like the games that really mean a lot to me and kind of have shaped who I am as somebody who enjoys video games, it's just, it, it, it's, it has to be on the list, but it, it's, you know, it's the tail end. Yeah, so, uh, so I will jump in and say... It's my number one. I know we probably ruined the order wow. by doing that, but you have already mentioned yours as number 10. This is my number one. This was the first game that I thought of when we were listing things to put on this list. So I guess if there's crossover, we should probably call it out, and I'm now calling it out that this is my number one. Does that ruin some great. of the thrill? Well, I mean, I, we'll see if like uh, if we end up giving away each other's number ones before the end of this. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I'm sure your number one is some ridiculous Sega nonsense. <laughs> well, 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 let's see. I don't want to. Let's not be too cocky here. Okay. Fine. Um, okay. So, what's your number ten? Number ten is a terrible game that I only <laughs> included okay. because of the name, and that name is Scat. Cyber special <laughs> cybernetic attack team. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I want you to imagine a world where somebody decides to name a game and they think scat, also known as cat shit, is the thing to name that game. But here we are, and we have scat, which is basically a, a contra clone, but instead of running on the ground, you just like fly around on a jetpack. And it's bad and it's not worth playing, but it is called Scat, and I felt like I needed to include it just because of the boldness of the name. Did you think that maybe it is uh, a reference to Scatman or the Scat Cat? Isn't that the same person, MC Scat Cat? I'm the Scat Man is not MC Scat Cat. Yeah, I don't know. That's just wow. I mean, I, I mean, I, mean, I, I know, I knew flat. the Scat Man, and I've heard people talk about MC Scat Cat, but I didn't know. Whether they were two different people. No, they're definitely two different people. <laughs> okay. okay. Confirm. Um, uh, what, what's your number nine? 
Um, oh, I just want to reflect on the fact that Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past and SCAT, Special Cybernetic Attack Team, have just gone head-to-head for the first time in history. <laughs> were, were there, like, just not other games that you liked? Could you not fill out a 10? Was that the problem? No, I really wanted to give, a, give attention to SCAT. I think, okay, I okay. think SCAT is too forgotten in our uh, legacy, and uh, I just wanted to give it a nod. At, at no, the I, I, I appreciate that. What's your okay. number nine? My number nine is a little game mm-hmm. called Blaster Master on the NES. Oh. Blaster Master uh, is a game where you're a little robot child who has a car, and you basically kind of zoom around these levels in your car, and then when you get to, like, little caves, you jump out of your car and sort of explore those caves in top-down action sequences. If it sounds familiar... It's because there have been multiple sequels of Blaster Master that have come out in the last like three or four years. A trilogy. A trilogy that's actually quite well well received. And I'd highly recommend it if you are a Blaster Master fan. The new trilogy is quite good. Um, But I love the original Blaster Master. I played it a ton on the NES when it first came out. Um, Really kind of holds up just from like a game feel standpoint. Like it feels really good to move through the world. And a really fun concept of like, oh, you're really defenseless outside of your car. And then uh, when you're in your car, you feel like a badass. Love it. Great game. Yeah. This uh, this is my number seven, oh. uh, Blaster Master. Probably could have snuck up a little higher now that I'm thinking about it, honestly. Yeah. I adore this game. As a kid, I loved the uh, idea of a game being more than just like a little dot on the screen that you move around. Yeah. Like, it felt always like, I mean, this is silly to say, but even in Mario, it's like you're kind of like an icon that you move around. And something about being able to get into a vehicle and that change in perspective between you being like human-sized stage and you're out in this big world in your vehicle, it felt transportive, which I know will sound very silly to people who are looking at it today. Um, but when that was what was available to you, Wow, I feel really old. Yeah. Suddenly. Um, but yeah, at the time, I just, I, I really, really like that game. And yeah, the trilogy is fantastic. I think it concluded this year. I haven't played the final one. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, people should check it out. Um, my number nine is a little game called Wrecking Crew. Oh, yeah. I like Did you play Crew. this? I did. Yeah, so for people who aren't familiar with it, you look like you're Mario and you are going up and down um, uh, just like a 2D building and you are breaking brick walls and breaking down just like pieces of, I guess, like scaffolding. When I was a kid, this was one of the very first video games I came in contact with. Um, I probably played this game before I could talk. And I thought it was squeegee. I thought you were like squeegeeing windows Mm. and it was a race to squeegee away brick walls, um, which makes no sense because it's called Wrecking Crew and they're brick walls. Uh, And I believed this until it came out on the virtual console. Um, It just was stuck in my head and I forever will love this game as the squeegee game. And I know that I um, have always had um, just the wrong taste in things. Because I do remember as a little kid being like, oh, everybody else likes Mario. But if like you really liked Mario, you would like Wrecking Crew. Yeah. Um, and people hated that. It was not a, not a cool topic of conversation. Yeah. 
I, 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 <laughs> I play a little bit. Are you literally never, embarrassed for me there right No, there? no, it never <laughs> grabbed me as a game, but but yeah. I do know people that really enjoyed it. So I, I will say that. Um, what, what's your number eight? Okay, my number eight is Star Fox 64. Now, this is a game that is included in the expansion pack for the Nintendo Switch Online. And I think some of these games do a better job on the Switch than others. But I, would, I remember very distinctly getting Star Fox 64 for the first time because it was the very first game that I played. And I think the first game ever, correct me if I'm wrong, please, internet, but I think it was the first game ever that had rumble, that had like mm. force feedback. Uh, it came packed in with the game cart was the like expansion pack to your controller. You plugged in your controller and suddenly N64 games had rumble in them. And it was a total mindfuck, like crazy to have that level of, um, I guess, interaction with the game you were playing in a really good game. Like it's probably my favorite Star Fox game. Um, I really like, you know, I think the graphics actually hold up um, better than a lot of 3D games of that era because they use a lot of like solid blocks rather than, you know, a ton of textures. Um, yeah, I, I just really like it. Um but I would say the N6, the Switch version of this game has some problems, specifically on the control side, um, just like something that you'll immediately notice. You can like turn your plane left and right, uh, kind of like tilting on its wing axis. And for some reason, to turn right, it's the right bumper. And to turn left, it's the left trigger. And that is weird. Uh, there are a lot of issues with the controls on the N64 ports for uh, Switch Online. I'm hoping they'll be addressed. But uh, yeah, it feels like they didn't really test that at all and come up with like a more reasonable solve for that stuff. So just, you know, kind of buyer beware. But it is a dope game and uh, it still looks quite good. That's bizarre. Yeah. Um, my number eight is Super Mario Brothers 2, the American version. Not the original Japanese version that I think we talked about before. That's way too difficult. This is the uh, the reskin of a originally not Super Mario Brothers game. It is a lot of fun. You can play as Mario. You can play as Luigi. You can play as Toad and uh, Princess Peach. And each of them have different kind of movement abilities. Uh, like Princess Peach effectively hovers. I mean, she is, like, the best character in this game. Yeah. Uh, it also is one of the first games I played that had shadow versions of the world that you're in, where you enter a door and you see, in this case, quite literally a silhouette of the world. Yeah, I remember um, being pretty, items and stuff. pretty blown away by the fact that you could go into the shadow world at any time in the le I mean, you would need a potion to, like, create the door. But, you, like, the idea that there was, like, a secret level behind every other part of the level kind of blew my mind. Yeah, so it, it, that was this is one that of those games. Cool. Yeah, people have really um, dismissed this game uh, for a long time because it was followed up by Super Mario Brothers three and Super Mario World, which are two of the greatest video games of all time. Um, but Super Mario Brothers two is a legitimately enjoyable Nintendo game that is not really like anything else that Nintendo has made, um, and. I don't know if it's a thing that I like feel like, oh, I, I wish they would make a sequel to this one. Um, because I 
I it's been so long. I, I don't even know what that what that would look like. I mean, that uh, looks like uh, Super Mario 3D World is the closest thing to that. Uh, yeah, kind of. Minus a lot of the, the I want to say puzzly stuff, but it just, Super Mario Brothers Two has a, a very slow pace. Yeah, that's true. Um, which yeah, I, I think is a little bit different. And then uh, number seven uh, is Blaster Master, so I won't dig into right. that anymore. What's your number seven? My number seven is Pilot Wings on the oh. Super Nintendo system. Uh, Pilot Wings is a flight sim. It's like a weird simulator. If you've never played a Pilot, Pilot Wings game before, there's really no other game series like it because the bulk of Pilot Wings is like you completing like weird um, flight simulation tasks. So for example, at a baseline, hey, you're in a plane, you need to take off uh, from the runway, circle the runway, and then land the plane. That is like a very simple pilot wings task. But you also get things like, hey, you've got a, a jetpack on, on your back, and you've got to sort of spring from these different platforms that are worth a certain number of points. Or you've got to skydive through a bunch of hoops and then open your uh, parachute at the right time to slowly land on like moving platforms. And it all, the weirdest thing about Pilot Wings is that it all builds up to a, like, attack helicopter level. If you pass all of the, like, flight training things, it ends with this weird attack helicopter level that always blew my mind. Um, I just like the vibe of Pilot Wings. It's, like, a very chill vibe for the most part, apart from the attack helicopter part. Uh, this is most typified by a game that's not currently available, which is Pilot Wings 64, where you can sort of like bounce around a mini version of the United States, which was dope. Um, but generally, generally speaking, I just liked the chill, like music, and yeah, just like kind of vibing out to it. Yeah. Um, I never considered it like a game that I like intensely played, but always enjoyed. Yeah, it, I'm kind of surprised it never got you know real sequels after Pilot. I mean, 64. it's gotten. I Pilot Wings 64, and then there was a 3DS Pilot Wings game as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of feel like in a weird way, the Wii Sports, especially the Tropical Resort, whatever that was called. Yeah. Um, sequel kind of fall in the same zone as this. Um, I'm not surprised. They, I guess I'm not surprised that they, they haven't made more of these because it, it's a hard thing to make um, these days. It's not like... So, so novel like the Wario Wear games, where each individual thing doesn't even have to be that good because it's just about you know quantity. Um, and the other stuff that Nintendo makes is like very polished. You know, it's yeah. like here's one idea polished to the extreme. So this notion of having a game that is like seven games uh, or seven types of flight games feels like it would be antithetical to the way they design games right now. Um, but maybe I'm overthinking it. Always. That's your Always. It is. It is. My number six, speaking of overthinking it, is Donkey Kong Country 2. It's just a great game. That's, That's on it. my list. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot to say about it other than I played the bejesus out of oh, this game. Okay, okay. As a fan of Donkey Kong Country 2, yes. give me the full name without looking at it. Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Return? No. What is it? The full name of it for years as a child and really as an adult, 
I was under the impression that the full name of Donkey Kong Country 2 was Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy Diddy's Conquest. What? Wait. <laughs> that can't the, be it. No, no, no. The full name is Diddy's Conquest because it's funny. Diddy, wait, Diddy Kong's, no, the full name is Diddy Kong's Quest. <laughs> now I have to look it up. I don't even rem- know if I'm getting this right. Diddy's Conquest. It, see, it's a pun because oh it's like Kong Quest. Yeah, Diddy's Kong Quest. It's a pun. Yeah. You know but what I is, never got it that. It took me way too long. I thought okay. it was Diddy Kong's Quest for like forever, but it's oh, Diddy's my- Conquest. Oh my god! And now everybody knows that, and it's a great That's... game. And you don't play as Donkey Kong; you play as Diddy. And what's the with the ponytail? What's her name? Uh, anyway, uh, she can float, and it's great. Yeah. What, what what number did you put that one at? Uh, four. Okay. Okay. So, what's your number six? My number six is Punch Out, featuring Mr. Dream. This oh. would be higher. If it was the original Punch-Out with Mike Tyson, but it's not, I get it. They want to sort of disavow the fact that Mike Tyson was in a Punch-Out game. But 99% of Punch-Out featuring Mr. Dream is the original Punch-Out, so I will let it slide. Um, I love Punch-Out. I love totally decimating the first, like, six people that you face in Punch-Out because I know those patterns so, so well. And I think it came up recently when we were talking about Metroid, the idea that there are these boss fights that like feel impossible that you could never actually beat. But the more you learn them, they suddenly become easy because you just know them so well. And Punch-Out is the best example of that. I also think Punch-Out is best played with save states because you could just save after you finish a a match and you don't have to worry about like a giant uh, password that you use to enter every single time. Uh, you wanted to kind of continue your game. So love Punch-Out, can't be missed, highly recommend it. And man, that pixel art is so good. Yeah, also the Wii Punch-Out, underrated. Yeah, the Wii Punch-Out's pretty good too. I don't love Super Punch-Out, which was on the SNES, not my favorite. There's Uh, also uh, some unfortunate like race stuff in those Punch-Out games, which I, you know, what can I say? It's, It's bad, but... I don't like it, but uh, I did want to call attention to the fact that, like, just be warned, it was it came out in the eighties. It was a different time. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's your number five? My number five is Mario Tennis on the N sixty four. Oh, this is this holds up. It's not on my list, but I played it yesterday, and I was I was impressed how how much this game holds up. I'm gonna argue that Mario Tennis is the best. A multiplayer game that is currently available on the Switch Online expansion pack. And keep in mind that also on this list is uh, Mario Kart 64, which I know everyone loves Mario Kart. Everyone can't get enough. I love Mario Tennis. It does not have the like randomness and the like rubber banding that Mario Kart games have. You don't have to worry about like a blue shell totally fucking you over. It is just pure tennis. And it's also like not Newer Mario Tennis games have like power shots and ultimate meters and there's a lot to keep track of. And here, this is just like pure fucking tennis action with Luigi and Mario, like they hate each other and they want to just like shoot balls at each other with the rackets. Oh my God, so much anger. 
if you want like a good like having people over for a beer game, Mario Tennis can't be beat. You can play with four players. It's great. It it can be beat. It's called Virtua Tennis, and it is a perfect. It's Virtua Tennis, tennis not on this. Un- unfortunately, collection. it's nearly impossible to play these days. So yeah. I guess in that way you're right. Yeah. Um, my number five, uh, another game that is great to play with friends, Streets of Rage Two. Mm. One of the singular soundtracks uh, in video games, and just a perfect beat 'em up. Uh, it is so simple, and yet still holds up. Um, partly because it understands that the appeal of the genre for for many people, not everybody, is just going from point A to point B to point C to point D, and seeing things and hearing cool music. And having something to occupy, occupy a very small part of your your noggin while you hang out with friends. Yeah, um, it is a hangout game. You can play it alone. I strongly don't recommend it. Uh, is this the one with the kangaroo? No, that's number three. Okay. Uh, number three also has. This is the one that introduces the uh, young dude in rollerblades. Ah, oh, yes, yes. Uh, what is your number four? I think I already said my number four. And if I'm oh, yeah. not, if it sounds like I'm not sure, it's because I made up most of the numbers it, as we were your, going. Your number four was Donkey Kong Country 2. That that sounds right. Yes. And my number four is Super Mario World. And it's probably the best 2D Mario game. Unless oh. you catch me on a day where I say that new Super Mario Brothers... Wii U Deluxe is... Yeah, we might have uh, some uh, competition coming game. up. Uh, did, did Super Mario World make your list? Very nearly, but I decided oh. to go in a different direction because there oh. is a game, oh. a, a Mario game that I like more than Super Mario World. Dr. Mario. That's it your is number not th- Dr. Mario. Oh, no, okay. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's <gasps> Island. Wow. Holy shit, this game is super good. Fresh, I've never played it. Oh my god. Chris I know. Planet. I know. Chris <laughs> I was Planet. the second Genesis kid. Here, here's and I think I this came up recently when we were talking about uh, Yoshi's Island, but Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island is the only, in my opinion, I realize this is heavily uh subjective, but the only good, really good Yoshi game, Yoshi first game in the Yoshi canon. Uh, after Super Mario World 2, they made a bunch of Yoshi games. Yoshi's Story was the next one, which is included in the expansion pack. Not as good by any stretch. Super Mario World 2 is spectacular. Um, you play as Yoshi, who is tasked with guarding a very young baby Mario who has been lost on Yoshi's Island. And your quest is to go rescue Luigi, who has been kidnapped by Kamek and, um... What plays out is just this really creative platforming game mixed with like this target mechanic that's really clever. Um, Controls feel amazing. The art is amazing. It's all like 2D hand-drawn, but has like a kind of like a crayon style to it. Um, The music's amazing. It is spectacular. It's really definitely one of the best, if not the best uh, Super Mario, Mario game ever made. Um. I'm gonna try it for you. Go cool. You know? Thanks. Like that's I feel, I feel like it's like the least I can do. You yeah. know, 
after that. I mean, hey, it's not your number one. Look, if you're going to play that, you can play that or scat. It's really up to you. Okay, I'll play that one. Okay. I'm not going to play scat. I'm going to be very honest with you. In the same way that you were like Tales of Arise, you know, I'll I'll Google a video of it. I'll watch some scat. No, I will watch the <laughs> I will watch footage of the game scat. And that, ah, Jesus. Uh, okay, here's my number three. My one, two, and three, I, I, maybe you can relate to this. I feel like you could switch these up. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, like they they kind of are. I mean, we know it's Genesis nonsense. So you could skip ahead to that part. Are you ready for this? Not a sure. single Sega Genesis game. Wow. I know. Uh, Streets of Rage, I think, is the only one that made it. They don't have a great Sega Genesis collection because that's they don't true. have many EA games. Yeah. And like that's. I mean, yeah, that's you like can't make Gretzky's head bleed, unfortunately. What? You know, from NHL, was it, 94, where you can oh. make Gretzky's head bleed? Yes, yes. And, and, and man, there's so many good games. Um, anyway, my number three today is Sin and Punishment. Oh, no. God. Yes. This game rules. Are you kidding me? Part of this is I never played it when I was a kid, and I played it recently, and the controls are so bad on the Switch that it totally no. tainted the experience. No. I think yes. they're pretty okay. No, they're bad. Mm, maybe you just need to get good. <laughs> okay, so here's Defend what it, it is. Please. It's um think like anime res is kind of how I would describe yeah, it. Sure. Right? So, so the you, seven people people that played res. Hey, it's it, it's like Star Fox, but you're on the ground. Yeah, that's another good way of putting it. You're just perpetually moving forward and you aim a reticule around the world and then you move your character around to dodge enemies. But the real reason that this game is fantastic is it is stunning. It is, I think, the most beautiful Nintendo 64 game that exists, Um, which can kind of be faint praise because it's not like there are a lot of pretty games on that system. But what it looks like now in 2021, if you if you play it for the first time, again, you have to recognize it came out in the Nintendo 64. It looks like somebody took a game that is modern today and they demade it for the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. So they had to make a lot of decisions and tweaks to uh, emphasizing the art direction to make it look otherworldly and um, just big and loud and colorful and very cinematic um it 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 is gorgeous this game um and i i i don't know how many listeners we have who are like in high school because i'm really trying to imagine the feeling of hearing me talk about a game that looks like this and then playing it for the first time and being like oh my gosh you're talking about stick figures i I mean i i played it and I, that's how I feel. I have no affinity for how it used to look, but now how it looks to me is not visually great, personally. It's okay. You can. I don't. Off. It's okay. We we all have different tastes. Yeah. No. That's that's right. Anyway, it's a great game. Uh, you can't. And, oh, let me just say this: you can't run to the right and shoot at the same time on the switch. Yeah, you can. You can't hold down the fire trigger and run to the right. I tried it. It did not work. I'm. Hmm. Multiple people have said that for what it's worth. I'm not like totally out of out of base. Okay. Well, here's here's the other thing about the game. You're you might be thinking, uh, what what is sin and punishment? 
it did not come to the states originally. Yeah. Um, it got a virtual console release on the the original Wii, and there is a sequel to it actually on the original Wii that is also very 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 good. Um, but now kind of difficult to find. Uh, what is your number two? Uh, my number two is Super Metroid. That makes sense. I'm yeah. kind of surprised that's not your number one. Yeah, so so here's the thing about Super Metroid. Super Metroid is a game that I, for a very, very, very long time, was my number one game of all time. It's still, obviously, very, very high on my list. I absolutely adore Super Metroid. I did replay it recently for the first time in probably five years. It's spectacular. There is, like, a two-hour span in the middle of the game if you've played the game before, it involves like going into the water water area gets pretty bad for like one to two hours of you kind of stumbling around trying to figure out where to go. Once you get past that, it's back to being fantastic. But I do think Super Metroid has some pacing issues. Also, playing it now is a little bit tough, if only because it does not run great in certain chunks. It like really like struggles to run. Um for whatever reason, the engine just like couldn't quite handle all the pixels. Um, it looked gorgeous when it came out. And and honestly, the game still looks gorgeous. Uh, it's just kind of a drag that it like kind of hitches uh, in certain spots. Is that on um, the Switch or is that on just the original? On everything. I, if you play, even on the Switch version, it sort of recreates that level of lag probably because they designed it that way, um, which is interesting. But yeah, I don't know. It. It's very difficult, especially playing Metroid Dread, which is very much an evolution of that. To go back and play Super Metroid would be really tough. I'd be curious to know what you thought, Chris Plan. I know you've never really played it. Um, to go back and like actually try to get through it. Um, it's great. It does one thing that Metroid Dread does not do as well that I wish it did. You, there are a lot of chunks in Super Metroid that are just atmospheric, that are just like mm. vibe chunks that are not like, oh, here's a block you can break, and here's a whatever, secret, and like, in the way that Dread, every single room of Dread from like floor to ceiling is filled with that stuff, there are rooms and areas where Super Metroid is just like scene setting. And I do kind of wish that it had more of that uh, in Dread, but really, I mean, music-wise, spectacular in Super Metroid, uh, the story, which is told in like, Fewer words than Dread story is great. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I really love Super Metroid. It's great. Yeah, the, what you you talk about with the vibe that sounds for me like what the art in Sin and Punishment is for you. And I think that yeah. kind of gets at why I've always had trouble getting into it as an adult. Is I don't feel much of a vibe at all when I play that game. I, I'm honestly I probably feel more of a vibe playing the S or the nes version of metroid just because it's so weird and like yeah i think the vibe your parts do happen later i don't think they happen in the first two hours Mm. which is kind of draw it's actually a retread the first two hours of like a lot of the areas that you were in in metroid one i think once you get to the underwater area which i mentioned and also the um the ghost ship it starts becoming a little more vibey but i do it i know what you mean i i just need to get through it with a guide and yeah, not, you know, be stubborn. 
Um, okay, my number two, uh, I'll keep it quick because I, I know we have other things to talk about. My number two is River City Ransom. Um, did you play this as a kid? I, I didn't play it as a kid, but I played it more recently, and it is definitely one of the most, if not the most modern feeling NES games. Yeah, it, I mean, the comparison is Grand Theft Auto of the NES era. It's a side-scrolling um life crime sim in which you're a high schooler and you go around and beat people up uh devil dragon style and you can grind and get better items and make yourself stronger and i don't know it it all seems very simple today in the same way that like playing like drug wars on a graphing calculator seemed simple when we were in school um but at the time it it felt like just super immersive um and it was set in japan so that also just felt cool i actually don't know if technically the uh river city ransom is supposed to be japan i think that they, they tried to localize it but it's like only thinly done um but it's worth checking out it, it's it's definitely one of those games that i'm glad is on a service like this because you can check it out for effectively free it's already there if you're, you're a subscriber um, and it's worth that. There's also some newer versions of it. I mean, this series in Japan uh, is just humongous. They made gobs and gobs and gobs of these games and spinoffs. Um, but there are also modern versions that you could try, some on Switch, uh, if you wanted to check it out. And then, my number one. Well, actually, do you want to talk about Legend of Zelda really quick? Do you have anything else to say before I... And no, it's. It, I mean, we've talked at we've length talked on it, Besties it. Prime as well about Link to the Past. It's phenomenal. It's so fucking good. Play it's it. Good game. Uh, my number one. I'm honestly a little surprised it wasn't anywhere on your list. Kirby's Dream Course. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kirby's Dream Course is a masterpiece. Kirby's Dream Course rules so much. It it. Before Nintendo 64 era with like GoldenEye and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, Kirby's Dream Course ate the most time amongst me and my friends. This game is, it's a golfing game uh, where you golf Kirby, quite literally just just it, the creature. You, you hurl him into the air and you can put spin on him. Uh, you can curve the the shots. It goes up and down hills. There are... Uh, obstacles on each of the course and your goal is to uh, hit a variety of different enemies and once you've cleared the course of enemies the final one turns into a hole and you sink yourself in the hole you want to do this in as few uh, strokes as possible and the enemies when you hit them you get their powers so one could be a rock that you know glues you to the ground or another one is like a speedy wheel that will shoot you really fast across the course and those abilities have like goods and bads to them you know that speedy wheel can get you across a sand trap but it could also like throw you off the course this game is so punishing i forgot about that part um and like you said with uh punch out you know you have that muscle memory so you can go back and play it I still have some of that muscle memory, so I think it's still enjoyable to me. I really don't know how this game uh, holds up for people who are not going to be putting hours and hours and hours into it to master its 
idiosyncrasies um, because it's just, yeah, it's just unforgiving. Uh, but that said, it is fantastic. The second it came out on the service, I was ecstatic. Uh, it is one of my favorite games to just have in my pocket whenever I, I want to pick at something for fun. And I really hope that everybody listens, gives this game a shot because it's a delight. I have never played this game. What? Never played are you, it. Are you kidding? Here, here's what I'm going to say. I don't generally love Kirby games for the same reason I don't super love Yoshi games is that I think they kind of tend to be more for kids, not super oh challenging. Gosh. I like the like graphics of them, but the actual gameplay, not great. I realize this is a very different game. I had no idea it was like a golf game. I thought it was like a racing oh game gosh. for some reason. Oh my, you didn't even know what type of game it was? What's the one where he's like going down the tube? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I played Kirby's Tilt and Tumble. Is it like that? No, it's not anything like that. Can you do me a favor? Everybody who's listening, you can join us on this trip. Play this game before the next Resties. Okay. And then you can let me know if I'm right. This is the number one game on my personal favorite list. Okay, I'll play it. I appreciate it. Um, that's it. We did it. We did our top tens. Yeah. Oh, boy. You know what? I think we need a break, and then we can talk about some Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye. Okay, so people will remember, probably last Resties, you might remember that there was some discussion as to like whether we were going to talk about Outer Wilds or not. Uh, I pushed against Plant to say that I... Didn't want to talk about it because I wanted to still try to play the Outer Wilds DLC, keeping in mind that I have never, and really still never, have I played through the main game of Outer Wilds, uh, mostly because of my motion sickness. I tried playing it. It always made me sick. So I was very hesitant to try this DLC, but people were so glowing about it, plant-inclusive, that I wanted to really give it another shot. And, surprise, surprise, I have gone and beaten this DLC before playing any significant amount of the main game, um, you before might wonder I why. Before I beat the DLC. I'm sorry? Before I beat the DLC. Yeah, before Plant beat the, the DLC. I was so taken by it. Um, apparently, I found like the perfect, perfect combination of a somewhat small laptop screen combined with a very, very well-lit room and me sitting pretty far back from the laptop screen. And that was enough to let me play through it without getting sick. Um, and, uh, yeah, it worked. I, I was able to beat the whole thing. It is spectacular. So in terms of spoilers, here, here are the, the perimeters that I, I, I will try to set with also not spoiling anything. We're going to talk about the thing that you go and do in this game, yeah. which itself could be seen as a spoiler. Uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, worlds how it handles worlds in this game outer wilds original has multiple worlds this game has an approach to that we're going to talk about that we are not going to talk about the final story beats we're not going to talk about the ending i don't Um, think we're going to talk about the middle story beats i think there's enough to talk about just in the first like three hours of gameplay yes yeah i think the only thing that might be uh, a little bit in there uh, you know what, we'll flag it when we get to it if if there's if there's any concerns we'll give you plenty of time to hit that eject button yeah i for people that like don't know outer wilds is there like a light speed 
like pitch for this game. It's such a hard thing to wrap your yeah, head around. I can do that. So you are um, the idea is it's an open solar system yep. simulator, right? You are a, a alien, I guess, just a creature living on this planet and the planet has a long history of um astronauts of you know navigating space searching for new worlds and new things and there is a culture that came before you that uh, seems to have been brilliant and uh quite successful in uh, building homes in in the different corners of of the solar system, and the big mystery is what happened to them, and also every I don't know twenty some minutes, the sun goes I believe supernova uh, and destroys everything, and then you wake up and have to do it all over again. So there is a time limit to how much you can do. So you're constantly learning information and then. Uh, being obliterated and then taking another shot at uh, learning a little bit more to ultimately solve this mystery in one final run. Yeah. So the 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 key is basically whereas like in a Metroidvania, you might get a double jump and that lets you access new areas. Here, you're just getting information. So you might learn, oh, there's a shortcut or a secret little cave here. Now that I know that, I can now go deeper into an area in much quicker time, which means I can use those 22 minutes in a more effective fashion. Um, Nick Sutner of the Eggplant podcast called this a Metroid Brainia, which I really, really liked, and I wanted to give him credit. So well done, Nick, for naming that. (laughs) That's good. That's good. So Echoes of the Eye is the expansion. And the big question ahead of this expansion coming out was, how? Uh, it, the, the 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 clockwork universe of the original game is so complete and every corner of it has a purpose how could you create an expansion to this thing that was you know seemingly airtight and do you want to explain how that part works and that sure. was i guess uh, where and again your we're, we're going to start this is where we start getting into more spoiler territory but we will um not go too far um basically the entire dlc is self-contained within a ship that is cloaked within the solar system. Um, Finding the ship is like part of a puzzle to like that will take you probably a good hour figuring that out. And then once you're in the ship itself, everything that takes place within the DLC is in that ship. So whereas in the main game, you're kind of jumping from planet to planet is my understanding. Um, Here you are just going to the ship. Um, Getting to the ship, once you find it, takes like 30 seconds of autopilot. Like there's no... Uh, struggle for getting there once you found it. And then once you're inside, it is uh, really a remarkable universe of little like world that they've created inside this ship. Because on the outside, it looks like kind of this metal, terrifying monstrosity. On the inside, it basically looks like the Louisiana Bayou with um, kind it's of- It's a ring world. It's a ring world, so It's sure. like Halo. So if you look up, you can see- the world arching back over you. Yeah. Um, and, but the but the theming of this ring world, whereas in Halo, it's sort of just like generic whatever nature, I guess. Here, it's, um, it's like a bayou. So there's a river that runs the entire loop, and there are like um, kind of like trees, like mangrove-style trees, uh, and uh, cabins alongside the river, and um, but all the events are kind of taking place on this loop. 
Okay, so like you mentioned, there's this river that goes, you know, does the full circuit from where you start in the loop. The one, I guess, big important detail here is the as the sun explodes in the main game, uh, here, that river is dammed, and that is like what's powering, I guess, this world. And at a certain point, that dam breaks. Yeah, it's and, not alongside the sun exploding, because that would reset the game. It's It's like... 15 or so minutes into the loop, the dam explodes. Yes. And that further changes this entire world. So some buildings get completely destroyed or um, the water rises so that maybe there are access points to places that you couldn't go before. Uh, So in that way, so now there's there's the solar system, there's the ship, so the world within the world. Then there is the new version of that world within the world, uh post flooding and then what i love about the game is it keeps giving you new worlds within this space in interesting ways to keep exploring so you will think that you having explored the entire um ring world you know gone from point a to point b um and doing that over the course of a few loops that you'll have seen almost everything there is to see and then you'll realize that you are maybe a third of the way through the game. Yeah. The, e- even like simple stuff, like for example, like when you first get into this uh, ring world loop, there's a part of the river that I passed probably 30 times and never, pa- it's not marked, it's not indicated, you know, in game game design, if it's an area that you should go in, usually it's lit well or some there's some indication, but here there's nothing there and it required finding a little clue that was like, hey, go to this spot on the river and you will find something there. And and just that level of like nested world building um, is so amazing to me, but it, but it goes far further than that. I don't want to go beyond that, but really there is just so much hidden within this. I, I would say it probably took me 15 or so hours to beat the whole thing. And I was just so taken by it to the point where, like, the second I beat it, I was like, man, I really desperately want to try again at the main game because I think they just totally mastered this design. And I can't wait to see what this team does next because they have just, like, no one else is making games quite like this. I think there are games that are inspired by this. I think Deathloop pulls some from the idea behind Outer Wilds, but no game goes to this extent to really trust the player in sort of uncovering this world themselves. Yeah, and not just trust the player to like figure it out, but trust that they will have fun figuring it out. That, yeah. that like the fun of the game can be the journey and it doesn't have to be about you like, you know, going and killing everything on an uh, alien planet. The, yeah, the there one... is a pa- there is a part yeah. of me I would just say that I almost think the DLC might be more welcoming to some extent once you're there at least because you know everything that you need to do is in front is in this area. Whereas when I was playing the main game, it can be a little overwhelming where it's like, Oh, there's six planets. Which planet do I go to? And where on the planet do I land? And see, I'll say the, I'd say the opposite because in the main game, quite literally there are however many planets and you know that you need to go there. Sure. In the DLC, everything that you need to do is quite literally not in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, and, and like that is a thing that I I would uh, say to folks who are who play it. The first 
third or so, I found very welcoming, even if there's like a tricky spot now and then. The back half, I guess, that's not how fractions work, is uh, quite a bit trickier. Uh, it's quite a bit scarier. Uh, it does have a like not scary filter option in there as a yeah. feature, which you might want. Um, and I would just say, don't be afraid to use uh, guides. Um, and also, if you're holding a very special lamp, maybe take a break at the fire. Because holy moly, did I waste at least an hour not figuring out that you could do that and what that does for you. Um, anything? Any other final thoughts on it before? No, you... I'm. I mean, it's really, it's really a standout game for me. It's definitely in my game of the year list. Um, I'm just super excited to try the main game now because I am so like in that. I like feel like I know the language now. The 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 design language that they build a game with is really amazing. Um, so yeah, no. Yeah, and we'll be talking about it more at the the besties bestie bracket. Yes, like, it will come this up again. hundred percent a game that will be in that that final conversation. Okay, what else are we playing, Fresh? What else are you playing right now? I mean, I'm trying to think of games that like I wouldn't necessarily. I know we're not talking about on on the main show or Resties, mm-hmm. for example. Um, just as an example, like I know we're talking about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Inscription on this coming episode of the Besties. I know we're both pretty in love with both of those games, but um, a game that we aren't planning on talking about that I really wasn't keeping an eye on until recently is called uh, Death's Gambit Afterlife. Uh, it is a 2D Souls-like that came out, um, I think the original release was a couple years ago, and now Afterlife is sort of an expansion pack slash director's cut, if you will. And when the game first came out, a lot of people praised it, but also said, hey, it has a lot of technical issues and bugs and stuff like that. Afterlife, I think, has addressed most, if not all, of those issues, and it just feels and looks amazing. Um incredible 2d art um this really cool something that i don't see a lot in 2d uh roguelikes a really wide frame of view so in this case like the character is pretty small so you can really take in the scale of this world and uh, feel like you're kind of lost in it um incredibly tight controls runs at 60 frames a second on switch which is a total rarity um feels great I, i mean the story doesn't mean anything to me at all uh but if you want to get lost in a world and you just beat Metroid Dread and you're looking for something else, uh, Death Gambit Afterlife is really, really good. Uh, and my recommendation is a game called Universal Paperclips, which our friends at Into the Aether reminded me uh, exists. Uh, still, uh, there is an update for the iOS app version of it. Um, it is a clicker game where you are uh, artificial intelligence tasked with nothing beyond creating uh, paperclips uh, at all cost. And the game just goes from there about how that would play out. It is a effectively a text game, like black text on a white screen. Um, but it, as I, I guess a warning, you can play it on your browser. If you play it on your phone, uh, be sure to do it like when you're hanging out at your desk and you have uh, the battery 
charger plugged in because it is doing some heavy calculating as it gets into some very large numbers. And from what I could tell, unless I was had, you know, I don't know, maybe my maps were hurting my phone, but my battery life depleted fast when playing this game. Um, it It's made by uh, Frank Lance, who um, I worked for at the NYU Game Center. He runs that program. And I think it is the smartest, I'm not saying this just because I think Frank's smart, but it, it is the smartest clicker game out there. It is very much using the genre to say something about, um, I don't know, how mindless activities can have nefarious ends. Mm. Uh, and I'll say that. Also, if you do play it and you like it, there is a great uh, piece about it on Polygon.com, which I'll be sure to uh, link on the Best Use Pod uh, on Twitter. Uh, real quick, our recommendation of the week. Uh, I, I I really recommend that everybody read all of the Marvels. It is by Douglas Wolk. Uh, he read all of the Marvel uh, comics, basically all of them, and then wrote about it. But really, it's just a fantastic work of criticism about why um, why we <laughs> love metaverses. Uh, well, metaverses isn't right. I don't want to say that. Um, I don't know why we love all all of these these uh, pieces of entertainment that are interconnected and influence each other, uh, often despite their very glaring flaws um, and what that means. Uh, uh, one thing that he, I think you should know before you read it, he encourages you not to do what he did, which I think means that you can trust him because reading all the Marvel comic books would just be uh, an absolute slog. Uh, Fresh, I, I know that you're going to recommend something mm, so very good. My recommendation is Dune. I feel like people, a lot of the people listening have probably watched Dune either uh, in theaters or on HBO Max. But if you haven't yet, um, it is streaming for the next month, um, I think until the end of November on HBO Max. Or again, you can see it in a theater if that is your prerogative. Um, wow. I am a huge fan of uh, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name. Villeneuve. You you just Villeneuve. Yeah. Yeah, Phil New, thank you. Um, huge fan of his work. He did the um, Blade Runner follow-up. He did Arrival, which is one of my so favorite sci-fi movies of all time. Um, he's just a spectacular visual director, and he is tackling one of the most well-known sci-fi uh, books of all time, which is Dune. Uh, clearly, he's a huge, huge fan of the source material. I think this was a dream of his to like make this movie. I have no affinity for Dune. Didn't know the story. I knew there was a desert. I knew there were sandworms. That was literally the extent of my knowledge about Dune. So I went in um, pretty apprehensive because I was worried that I would just be bored to tears, but uh, definitely not the case. Um, it is a visually stunning movie, but also a movie that I think is very smartly crafted in welcoming newcomers to a world that is extremely complicated but they are very smart in terms of what information they convey uh, and when they convey it and how they convey it to the point where within 15 minutes, I felt like I had a really, really good grasp of what was going on. Even if you don't care about like whatever interstellar politics and Dukes and various other things, you can just sit there and just vibe on how goddamn good this movie looks. Um, just a gorgeous movie. I've been told, Plant, you saw it in a theater, right? I've been told that yeah. the... Uh, audio design is just through the roof amazing. 
it's so loud and good. <laughs> yeah, I, good. I saw Blade Runner in the theater and was also really blown away by his audio design. Um, I, I, again, had to see it at home. There's a baby here, so didn't quite get to crank it as much as I wanted to. But man, the only caveat I would say, people going in, especially people that aren't reading a lot about Dune, should really know this is a part one. They've announced that they are doing a part two. That's good news because part one very much does not end in a place where a normal movie would end. It just sort of ends. It ends like a TV episode. Yeah, it ends like a TV episode, which is like kind of an act break um, more than like an actual like climax and ending. So just keep that in mind. Um, You're going to leave wanting more. Uh, and good news, because there is more coming currently planned for the end of uh, 2023. Hey, before we wrap up, we have some of your questions, and we're going to answer them. These are some shorties, and, uh, you know, I'm going to direct them to you, uh, Fresh. This one's okay. from Matt. I loved the first Outer Wilds, but I very much do not enjoy stealth mechanics in games. I hit a wall when you get to those parts and cannot make progress. Is it worth pushing through? Should I get a guide? Please help me. The answer to that question is absolutely you should get a guide. The stealth sequences in the Outer Wilds DLC are way, way shorter than you think they are. But if you get lost easily or you get creeped out easily, um, I could easily see those sequences taking a very long time. They are not long if you know where to go. Just use a guide. Uh, You won't regret it. Also, there is the accessibility feature in the settings to like tone down those sequences. All it really does is make the stealth sequences easier. Um, it, it, I don't want to say more than that, but they become dramatically easier if you turn that on. I used it, didn't regret it for a second. Highly recommend. Oh, I didn't know that. I, now I've got to turn that on. Yeah, just turn it on. It's way easier. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, Daniel. Uh, N- Nintendo made official uh, classic versions of the NES and the SNES. He's talking about the those oh, yeah, the hardware consoles. Yep. Yeah. Do you think Nintendo 64 features that have been added to NS uh, Nintendo Switch Online are indicative or disprove any future Nintendo 64 classic? Yeah, uh, I, I assume by features they probably mean um, the online features because you can play some of these games online. Yeah, that's probably I don't it. know what else was added. I mean, I guess the textures and stuff are higher res. Also, I, not maybe the just their mere existence. That you know, if yeah, yeah, maybe. games are on Switch Online, like, do you need a Nintendo 64 Classic? This to me tells me that they're not making one because if they were making one, they would release that first and not do that. Yeah, um, that's fine with me because, as it might be clear, even though there are a couple games on N64 I really, really like, uh, I don't love the console, it's just not one of my favorite consoles. So, I'm fine with them not making it. I don't think it's coming. I could be wrong, but that's my guess. Yeah, I, I don't think it's coming either. I, I think the controllers are probably one of the biggest uh, problems with that is that the original Nintendo 64 controllers are bizarre. And I imagine that Nintendo is not in a rush to make more of those uh, on mass. I know that you can get special editions for Nintendo Switch Online, but that is obviously different than stocking uh, Walmarts and Targets across the country or world with with those monstrosities. Um, along with like a million other reasons that they would not do it. And then uh, one last question. This is from Becca. 
is the price jump for the online expansion worth it? Do I actually want them to put GoldenEye on it, or am I just nostalgic? Okay, we should say this right here. GoldenEye is never going to get added to this thing. I, I think Probably that's, not. I think that's fair to say. The licensing uh, limitations on GoldenEye are steep enough that I would be very surprised if it ever gets added. It might, it, I, it might happen, I guess. But I, Also, I if it came surprised. to Switch, I bet they would just sell it. Yeah. You know, if like they could get that worked out with like the Broccoli Estate and now I guess Amazon and uh, Microsoft, like at that point. Did you, you say know. the Broccoli Estate? Yeah, isn't that, that's who controls the James Bond. They're named Broccoli? Broccoli. Like the vegetable? Yeah, the Broccoli Estate. Isn't that, that right? That doesn't sound right. I I'm pretty wrong, sure that's but... right. Okay. James Bond, Broccoli. I'm typing this into Google. Yeah, James Bond, Broccoli. Albert R. Broccoli. <laughs> okay i love it yeah i nailed it nailed it wow man i'm I'm pretty smart um uh what about the is the price jump too much i mean that seems like it's like uh a... that's a you question yeah that's, that's, it, that's it seems tough. right now it seems here's what i'll say if it was n64 N6, games and genesis games genesis games and a bunch of gba games totally worth it in a heartbeat i would get that gba could not be stopped, and I just want it on every platform. I love the Game Boy Advance. It's not that. So for me, I think it's a little steep. For you, it's up to you. Yeah, I think if I knew that I really cared about the Animal Crossing DLC, but then also didn't you could just so buy it? I though. wanted to have it forever. Yeah, that's that's you like just the buy problem. It. I think it's fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. It's not that expensive. Yeah, it's it's kind of a hard sell. Um, you know, I think I would I would say it's really worth it if you like if I were in a dorm and this was just like a way for me to have some Nintendo sixty four multiplayer games to play forever. This is such a not real scenario. Yeah, because, because if you're in a dorm, you have no affinity for N sixty four. Exactly. They'd be like, Why would I do that? I can just play Mario Kart eight. What's I can wrong play with all this? better versions of these games. Yeah, that's 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 a really good point. Um uh okay, well that's the questions. Uh what else do we got from you, Fresh, before we wrap up? Oh, I did want to thank everyone. I, I I'm sorry, I didn't pull names, but I did really want to thank everyone for uh, writing reviews, specifically calling out the Resties in Apple Podcasts. Um, uh, you're all awesome. I will uh, make a double list next time and call them all out. Uh, but thank you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I need to talk about the games we talked about. We talked yeah, about recap. so many games today. You know what we? I, I think we should do just for the end? Can you, from, from 10 to 1, just give a list of, of your top 10? Because we no, because I, I told you I made up the order when we were Are going. Are you for real? More or less, I made up the order just, while we were just going. Just share the games that you, that you mentioned real quick. Okay, really quick. Uh, Scat, cyber, uh, Special Cybernetic Well, we Attack remember game. that was number 10. That was 10. Star Fox 64, Mario Tennis on N64, Donkey Kong Country, Diddy's Conquest, Blaster Master, Punch-Out fe featuring Mr. Dream, Pilot Wings, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, Super Metroid, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. So you definitely knew your top three, but well, everything yeah, else. The, was... When, I was at, when I was making the list, I put the obvious ones at the top, so that's okay, why it's okay. kind of in order. Okay, and then for me, it is, uh, starting from 10, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, Wrecking Crew, Super Mario Bros. 2, Blaster Master, Donkey Kong Country 2, Streets of Rage 2, Super Mario World, Sin and Punishment, River City Ransom, 
Kirby's Dream Course. The last of which all of us are going to play the second that this podcast ends. You're probably already playing it. You probably didn't even wait, and I respect that. And we are going to have a nice chat about it in, in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked about Outer Wilds, and uh, it mostly it's expansion, Echoes of the Eye, uh, which is available wherever you can play Outer Wilds. And that's... Is that it? Oh, well, uh, yeah. And then we talked yeah. about Universal Paperclips, yep. Death's Gambit, Afterlife. I recommended all of the Marvels by Douglas Wolk. You recommended Dune uh, by Denise Villeneuve. Uh, and that's it. That's the show. That's Do we even know what we're doing next time? No, it's going to be in two weeks. Uh, I'm sh- sure there will be. Uh, we might be talking about Riders Republic next week. Next, oh. next resties, I should say. I sure hope we are. That who I think that's that what we're talking about. I know that there are some people uh, on on uh, following the besties spot, not in love with it yet. I'm here to help change your mind. It is, it's a great game. I'm pumped. We did it. That's it for the resties. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the besties pod. Uh, always helps if you leave reviews, especially on Apple Podcast. And uh, thank you for joining us. It is sincerely a delight uh, that you have, you know, come along for this this bizarre ride during the busiest game season uh, of the year. Uh, so that's it for the Resties, a video game podcast about the best of the rest in some game on the NES and also the SNES and the Nintendo 64. The, the goods are odd. No, the goods are on, and the odds are good when you listen to the besties. Goodbye!